Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. SmileEyesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, November 28th. Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. With that, good morning. How are you? Top of the morning, my man. You doing okay? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm what for a Wednesday, middle of the week. Yep. Starting to turn and burn towards the weekend, which, as you know, is when we get really busy. Yep. So, yeah, all is well. Weather looks like it's going to be nice. Yeah. (sighs) Pretty good shape. Nuggets found a way to win last night against a team that was kind of desperate. Yeah, they looked desperate, didn't they? they? You know what? It's hard to get behind anything watching a game on that floor. Mm -hmm. But once I got myself there by about Mm halftime, you know, uh, I was able to kind of find a basketball game amongst whatever the hell that is. Right. Because it looks so bad. It just looks awful. For me, it looks bad. What looks bad to you? The floor. Just the floor. So you're upset about paint. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, do you ever? Well, I mean, I probably paint? shouldn't ask you this because I don't imagine you're laying out the. Remember, I'm the guy. You have someone paint your place, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not handy at all. Well, yeah. Well. See, being Jewish, you would think that I'm handy because Jesus was Jewish and he was a carpenter. But there's no correlation. We're both Jewish. One guy's handy. One guy's not. Imagine that. I know. 22,000 years later, I mean, we're still making connections. Jewish people are synonymous with being doctors, lawyers, bankers. You would think we'd be synonymous with carpentry, but apparently we're not. Hmm. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. As you know, I'm big on the Bible. Yes, you are. New Testament. Old. Yeah. Really old. Getting back to the game last night. Yeah. I was thinking about something. And uh, these stats are pretty amazing. Do you know, since Jamal Murray has gotten injured, Mm -hmm. that Nikola Jokic leads the league in scoring, he, he already led the league in rebounding. Right. Okay. Sure. Before the injury. Right. Since Murray has been injured, 35 points a game. No. 16 rebounds and still nine assists. Yeah. You think he understands the need for him to elevate his game? I have said this about great players, and this just backs it up. Great players like Jokic can score 35 to 40 whenever they feel like Anytime. it. Anytime. So when you look at a guy like Jokic, and then you had all the comparisons to Joel Embiid, well, Joel scores more. Jokic can score whenever he feels like it. He just doesn't. He wants to get his teammates involved. 35 points a game, 30, or, well, although I don't want to, you know, step on you and your theory. Um, I, I always round up. For you, <laughs> it's 34.5 points a game. Well, I'm a rounder-upper. Yeah. If it was 35 
0.4, I would go with the 34. Well, then you can round up to a half. So looking at last night's game, you're right. It did look like a game the Clippers wanted to win. Yes, they very played, much so. They played eight guys exclusively. The, the guys on the bench all played 21 minutes or more. Paul George, 40 minutes. Kawhi Leonard, 38 minutes. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 24. Harden, 35. Mm-hmm. They had four all-stars on the floor. Yeah. And, I mean, did they look... They had four, they had four arguable Hall of Famers right. on the floor. I mean, think about this for a second. They won last night's game with Michael Porter Jr. scoring 10 points. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Aaron Gordon did have 20. He'll have those games every once in a while. Although for Jokic, his shooting percentage was abysmal. Yeah, it wasn't. It was for him. It was horrible. Right. But he hit 14 of 14 at the line. It, he finds a way, regardless of the challenge. To help his team. Right. Right? No. Did it at the line last night. Only hit two for seven from deep. Only hit eight, eight of 23. Oh, but he also assisted on nine baskets yep. and pulled down 16 rebounds. Right. He is like great players do. They do whatever it takes on a particular night to help their team win. And now they're nine and two. The Clippers look like to you a team that's going to figure it out. Yes, I do. I, I mean, kind of like the Lakers of last year, where they started slowly. Yes, and then eventually they picked up steam because there were moments last night that I was saying, "Hmm, this ain't a bad club." Right. This isn't a bad club, and I do think that they were playing. I'm not going to say with more purpose, but I do think the Owen what the five straight losses, the four in a row with Harden in the lineup, they were clearly working. And I think that they found some rhythm last night uh, with Harden in the lineup. Harden wasn't bad last night by any stretch of the imagination. So no, I do think the Clippers, which I don't believe have won a road game yet. um, were playing with a sense of purpose last night, which makes the way that the Nuggets won, to me, when you stop to consider the lineup that the Clippers were playing with, as you pointed out, almost exclusively, makes it an even better win. You think Bones Highland was more upset that the team lost or that he didn't play? Yeah. Oh, that he didn't play. He didn't play. I mean, are you kidding me? You think he was more upset that the team lost or he didn't play? Bones Highland is going to come to the very difficult recognition that his minutes are going to be very remote now. Right. Very remote. Right. I mean, while everyone else was cheering about James Harden coming to, uh, if they were cheering about it, that was the one guy that was probably saying, hmm, this ain't good for me. I mean, when you're on a team like the Nuggets, Mm -hmm. you can probably get away with complaining about minutes more only because... You don't have that alpha male, although I, I that I don't mean that as disrespect to mm-hmm. Jokic or Murray. Yeah. And Murray Bones, you know, certainly had their challenges. Yes. Okay. Clearly. But when you're with a team that has James Harden, a firecracker and Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and you're complaining about minutes, they'll go they'll go Draymond Green on you. They'll put you in a headlock. <laughs> 
Which was an impressive headlock, by the way, but we digress. That guy's out of control. Oh, my God. He really is. He is. And I have no love for Rudy Gobert at all. But come on, dude. I mean, did he read him his Miranda rights? He was checking his head to see if he actually had a COVID shot. I mean, what in the hell's going on with that guy? Well, here's the thing. There was um, some video. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. There was some video, and it was like mic'd up. Of Draymond Green and Ant-Man. No, I didn't see it. Um, Hear it. Any of you guys see that? I saw it, yes. Yeah. D- Draymond Green is becoming a problem. Like, he's he is going to go... He's going to go Kermit Washington one day. Could happen. On Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah. And for those that don't know, why don't oh you my explain God. what well, happened? Well, I mean, it was, it was basically... It was a felonious assault on, on the court. Yeah. I mean, he basically smashed his face. Yeah. Smashed his face and put him in the hospital and out of yeah. commission. It was a very um, gruesome altercation. The thing with Draymond Green is he is becoming what was a really, really, really good basketball player mm-hmm. and probably a Hall of Fame basketball player, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I would okay. say so. To, <coughs> excuse me, a guy who knows he doesn't have the same skills. But he's doubling down on his toughness. Many, many years ago, you knew Draymond Green was tough, and he could back it up with his play. Now he's becoming a guy who's nothing more than just some enforcer like you would have in hockey, where all he wants to do is talk and tell you, tell you he's going to get you, tell you he's going to beat the hell out of you because he can't do anything else because he can't beat you with a jump shot. He can't really beat you as much with a rebound anymore. Yeah. He can't really beat you really in any other way. So now he's becoming super tough guy and it's becoming concerning. And one day he's just going to, he's just going to go off and really get himself in trouble. And I feel badly for the guy that he goes up against. Well, didn't he kind of go off last night? He did. I mean, no, I, and this is one step yeah, in that direction I, is my point. No, I feel you. I mean, he can still defend and, um, and he's that kind of he's that kind of indefinable talent on the court that helps fuel a basketball team just by his presence. Yeah, they're he, better with him. They are better with him without yeah. question. He, but but to your point, yeah, he is a I don't know if he's a ticking time bomb, but man, I'd keep my eye on him. And that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he would go after a Rudy Gobert is a proven player, mm-hmm. but he's not a very well-liked guy, even in his own locker room. Right. So it's easy to go after a guy like that, right? Yeah. Easy. Sure. But then he'll go after the young studs who are coming up in the league. But I don't think he would go after a proven guy. Hmm. A guy who had, like, he wouldn't go after a Jokic. I, I would think, hope not. I don't think he would. He'll go after a young guy who thinks he's all that, like Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And he'll go after a guy that isn't very well-liked, like Rudy Gobert. Okay. Is he going to go after Kawhi Leonard? No. No. Would he go after Paul George? That'd be no. a pretty good fight, by the way. No. Kawhi Leonard and and Draymond Green? Well, here's the thing about Kawhi Leonard. If he gets his hands literally on you, you're done. Yeah. Because his hands are as, as large as this table we're yeah. sitting at. Well. All right, coming up after the break. Talk some Broncos, and, and why shouldn't we talk some Broncos, right? Well, they had to switch planes yesterday to get back home. 
They had to switch out uh, to to end their longer than it should have been already long four-day road trip. Right. Well, Peyton said when it comes to culture, it starts with the ingredients. And I feel like, you know, for the most part, we had guys with a high buy-in factor. Are you buying into that? Mm. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, November 28th. Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Sean Payton met the media yesterday morning at 930 1130 out in Buffalo, so I'm sure he got some nice sleep. Uh, You and I were both on that conference call. This is what he said. When it comes to culture, it starts with the ingredients. I felt like for the most part, we had guys with a high buy-in factor. You have to have high energy of practice, and you have to be able to look at things that are hurting us. Then you have to have an honest conversation when you are correcting. It's finding the right group of players who will roll up their sleeves. Buying into that? It seems pretty logical to me Yep. on a very simple level. I mean, you would think that that would be kind of a baseline. Right. You would hope to have that right from Jump Street. Right. I guess we understand now, looking back at it, that it probably was going to take a little time to figure out the brew, as it were. Right. Um, there's only so much you can... And, and Sean, to his credit, told us this as we were going along through OTAs. You don't really start getting truth serum until guys are in pads. You're putting in, you're installing, you're doing, you're, you're challenging them, and then and then it takes even further time to get the whole how is it coalescing or is it coalescing at all kind of thing. How's chemistry work? Do you Add by subtracting. Do you get rid of certain guys to make the group that you have better and closer and more functioning? I think these are all things that they're in the midst of figuring out. I don't know if it's totally figured out yet. I think it's an ongoing process, but I think they're certainly further down the road now to knowing what they have and the challenges they have with it and the opportunities they have with it. There's a great saying that winning cures everything. True. You can say there's buy-in when your team is winning. Of course you can. Everyone's on the same page. We're all rowing in the same direction. Pick your favorite cliche. We're sawing the same wood, you know. (laughs) Right. We're sawing wood. Right. Keep sawing wood. Or although they say chopping wood. Yeah, chopping chopping. wood, whatever. Either way. Whatever you're doing. Um, 
Yeah, guys are buying in. They are. And the one thing that it is hard to do, because you got to look at the history here, it's hard to stay patient if you're a Broncos fan. Yep. Because when you look at the last seven and a half years, it has not been pleasant. And, you know, some teams have gotten off to better starts than others. Let's face it. This team got off to a worse start than Nathaniel Hackett's Broncos did. Yep. True but, that. But now you have some guys out of the locker room. You have a saying Bassey out of the locker room. I, I, I will not say that he was a problem because I didn't know him well enough. But he wasn't part of the answer. No. Frank Clark, interesting cat. Didn't really like the move anyway. It 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 He signed here because nobody else wanted. And I just and I didn't get it really. Um now there was no Baron Browning then. Right. So I mean, okay, I guess I understand to some degree. Uh, and you didn't know where Benito was at that point. Right. We didn't we didn't know whether he was going to turn a corner. And by the way, he still can't sit. I mean, I like Nick Benito a lot rushing the quarterback, but my God, he's got to set an edge. Right. And he's got to get better tackling runners in space. That was you know what you know who Nick Benito reminds me of is Shane Ray. That's an interesting call. Yeah. Shane Ray. Yeah. His his one trick was pretty good if that's mm -hmm. all he had to yeah. do. But setting the edge. Wasn't it? Nope. Not at all. So so you saw all of that talent mm. to rush the passer. Yeah. But otherwise. Good comp. Good comp. You know, it's funny because when you had Vaughn and Chubb on the field at the same time, Vaughn really wasn't great at setting the edge no. either. Chubb was really good at both. He's, he yeah, and still is. Right. Chubb's a good football player. I was really sorry that I, it, it was it made sense at the time. It and it was a good return on yeah. the deal. And but I mean it, that was a kind of he had to swallow hard a little bit because yeah. Chubb was a good player. Right. I want to go back to this whole buying in thing. So the Broncos were throwing the ball a lot more mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season. Is that guys back then? not buying in or is it Sean Payton just wasn't calling a very good game on offense? Yeah, I think, I think more of the latter. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that he was going through a process of, well, let's just put it this way. I think that there's always a discovery process and that takes time. But having said that, there is also an inclination one has preconceived notions about how a game should be called or how he wants to call a game. It doesn't always equate into the best way to call a game until you learn what your limitations are. So you are who you are until the limitations of who you can be start to shape you. I think that those limitations now in the quarterback position and thus the, the throwing game have shaped to a large degree, what the Broncos are doing and what they have been doing really pretty much for the last four weeks. If we're going to talk about buy-in, then we can't look at it as a whole. I think we have to look at it as units. So we will start with the offense. No one would ever accuse Sean Payton of being a coach who likes to run the ball first. Look at Drew Brees. Yep. I understand he had Alvin Kamara, and before Alvin Kamara, there were other guys. Kamara, Sproles, Ingram. Right. I mean, you had guys there that if you wanted to run the ball first, right. you certainly could have done it. But 
all all of those guys also caught the ball out of the backfield. You bet. So you could do a quick screen pass and pick up four or five yards just as easily as mm-hmm. running the ball. I think it took a while for Sean Payton to figure out his offensive line isn't very good at pass blocking. And if that's the case, and you keep throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, that isn't on the players. No. That is on you as the coach. Right. If you know these guys struggle as a unit to protect Russell Wilson and you keep calling passing plays, we can say, oh, the talent is terrible. But the truth is, you're not coaching these guys to their strengths. Right. And we can take that analogy and we can use it at CU. Right. That offensive line um, isn't very good at pass blocking. Or run blocking, apparently. Right. But did they do better running the ball in the last game? Hmm. I mean, they ran it on occasion. On occasion. Yeah. You got to try before you know whether you right. can do it. That That's my biggest gripe at CU. So w- when it comes to getting back to the Broncos, yeah, you, your offensive linemen are going to buy in when you're putting them in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. You got the whole, and they come as a unit. They don't come as individuals. They come as a unit. They feel more comfortable run blocking. Javante would like to run the ball. Samaje would like to run the ball. McLaughlin would like to run the ball. I think that, uh, you know, Russell Wilson would like to pass the ball more. Yep. But he's running for his life in a, in a lot of different, on a lot of different occasions. However, with Russell, he does have that ability to play playground ball. Yep. And go off script. Still and, does. I mean, those when he was in trouble in Buffalo and the play broke down, I mean, he had, it looked like either a, he had no interest in getting pounded immediately. <laughs> right. He looked like Tim Tebow out there at times running from bees, not getting his feet set in the pocket. He very much had happy feet. Is that fair to say? Um, on a, on a few plays, I, I thought he set himself fairly well in the pocket. The, the, you, you bring up really good points. Let me expound on on one area because I do think it's evolved. And it's evolved to the point where people will point it out now. Well, look at the yards per pass. Look at the yards per completion. They're not doing much downfield. Well, they're not doing much downfield because there's not enough time to really do things downfield. Well, are you there- alter you alter your passing game to reflect the confidence that you have in an offensive line to protect. Russ has got to get, either Russ has got to be off schedule and throwing on the move outside the hashes, or it's got to be quick. And they are, and I think that that element of their game, I I don't know what, let me ask you what you think. I think that that element of the game is still evolving. I think the passing attack, I don't think that we're done with the downfield stuff. I think it's still coming. I think, I think he wants to throw the ball downfield, and so does Peyton. I think they're just trying to figure out a way that they can do it without the risk-reward. The The reward is great. You get guys downfield. You Maybe you get Mims on a deep pattern or Judy or something. But the risk is, yeah, but you can also take an 11-yard sack, and then you've blown up the entire Series, so you got to figure out a way to do it, and I think that, and and I think that continuing to run the ball well to set up play action, 
to really have effective play action, which I don't think they're there yet. No. I don't think they're there yet. They've been effective at times in their passing game, but we haven't really seen a full-fledged run the ball, run the ball, play action, eight yards, yards after the catch. We haven't seen that kind of rhythm in the offense yet. If we do see that kind of rhythm, the chances for this team to win increase considerably, in my opinion. I don't know. We'll we'll see. You mentioned one thing, you know, the threat of uh, Mims downfield, right? You can't have any threat of Mims downfield. You should not put him in a position to run the ball, to, to let him you know, go on a go route, because you need to keep Min for the threat of a reverse. <laughs> yeah. I, and Just they, in case. And my God, they keep trying it. They, they try it in different, they, it's manifested in different ways. Here's, and, here's but the, stop it. Here's the question, and I would say this to Sean. Is Mims better as a north-south guy or an east-west guy? Right. Well, that's a fair question based on the so, on the proof. <laughs> so right. You, you don't want him going east-west. Yes. No. He might be able to outrun somebody sideline to sideline. And maybe he can turn the corner, but you want him starting north-south, like, I don't know, on a punt return or a kickoff. Sure. Return. Coming up after the break. Uh, Deion Sanders was asked about the Texas A&M opening. Mm. And he was almost defiant about it. But you know what? If uh, he was offered that job, he'd fail miserably. And I'll tell you why next. All right. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, November 28th. Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications, but upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS, and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. Okay, Texas A&M job is open. No surprise, Deion Sanders' name has been connected to it. Uh, He was asked yesterday about that, and he said, I'm here. I'll tell them my mother's here, my sister's here, my dog is here, my daughter's here, three of my sons are here, my other daughter comes near darn to every, comes to basically every home game. We are here. He signed a five-year, $29.5 million contract with CU last December. Do you think there is even a small chance that he picks up the phone if they call. Oh, I think he listens. I think anyone listens. Cap, do you think he would go? No, I don't. Not right now. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. It's got to be a fit. I don't. And and but although pragmatically, 
That's me making this observation. It's not Prime. Who knows what Prime thinks is a fifth. Yeah. But I'm wondering if he is, in his quiet moments, is still understanding that he's learning how to coach a football team at this level. No. I, I, I no th- chance. Huh? I think he knows. I think he believes he knows it all. Okay. That's and and I won't and I won't even. I'm 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 giving him as a obviously very smart individual. Very very smart individual. I think he's open to learning. Yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe but that's th- a better way to put it. I think he is open to learning, but I think he believes he knows everything about everything. And when you have the type of success he has had mm-hmm. in his past mm-hmm. in baseball yep. as a player, no question, football as a player mm-hmm. at Jackson State, right? When you've had that type of success, sometimes your your own arrogance will get in the way of you being open to learn. And I, I, th- I think he's open to learning, but I still think, but he don't doesn't think he needs to learn. Open to it, but yeah. probably not seeking it out. Okay, see to me. I would hope that there is some self-scouting going on in in whatever fashion he would do it um, because the results are the results. Yeah. And I know that there's the bravado of you better get us now because this is the worst we're going to be. We're going to be, it, this is it. And, and that's fine. But if you don't learn, this has been a very interesting season for Colorado. It got off to that great start, and then since then, it's been a grind, man. Yeah. And there's been a lot of unevenness. I am not suggesting that Deion Sanders will not be a great coach in college football. But as you and I talked about it during the break, and I'll use television as an example because that's the world that we came from, or at least I came from. I'm no longer in it. You start in a smaller television market, and you make your mistakes there. You don't graduate college and jump to Chicago as a sports anchor. No. You don't want that type of audience watching you learn on the job. Colorado was a perfect fit for Deion Sanders because what he is really, really good at is what CU needed the most, which is eyeballs on the program, excitement, you know, all of those things. A&M doesn't need that. No. A&M is its own program. Deion Sanders is the football program. He controls it. Not Rick George. Sorry, Rick. Deion rules the roost. Right. At CU. What Deion wants, Deion gets. And and I've been told, he will tell you, this is what I want. Sure. He has a lot of great messages like Cormani McClain. He does a lot. He really cares about his kids. No question. All of those things. You can make the case, and you know Rick George would probably say, "No, Eric, you're wrong." Deion Sanders doesn't really answer to Rick George. He really doesn't answer to the Regents. He doesn't really answer to the Chancellor. He is the he is the football program. At A and M, he answers to the Chancellor. He answers to the President. He answers to the Athletic Director. It's not the other way around. There are programs in this country, not all programs, but there are programs that the brand will always exceed the coach. Period. And and another way to put it is this, 
A&M has its own house, mm-hmm. and a coach is nothing more than a guest in it. Well put. Well and, put. And you know what? If they don't feel you're a very good house guest, they're going to give you $75 million to walk to, to, to kick you out. Yeah. You're out. With Dion, he walked into the house, kicked his feet up on the coffee table, and flicked his cigar ashes all over the Persian rug sure. and said, this is my house now. This is my house. Absolutely. And you know what? CU's the better for it. Yes. Their CU is the better for it. He is the right man at the right time. Kind of like John Fox was the right man at the right time. I do not see, unless there is an an evolving, and and I'm not sure I see that. I think Dion is Dion. It's Coach Prime. it's, it's It's the sizzle. And I'm not saying there won't be stake somewhere along the way because I do, I think like you, I, I do think that he can be a very good football coach. But right now he is a very good promoter. Yes. He is a very good front man. A&M doesn't need promotion. No. USC is a brand. Yeah. Notre Dame is a brand. Ohio State, Michigan, even a Michigan State to a degree is a brand. I'll give you another school, Wisconsin. No question. They are a brand. Yep. And they, my understanding, didn't even probably consider no. Deion Sanders. They wanted Luke Fickle. Yeah. Right. And and Luke Fickle is fine. I'm sure he'll be good. I, they lost what they lost last week, didn't they? To Northwestern. Yeah, it's a Northwestern. Yeah. Bad loss last right. week. I want to ask I want to ask you something. I was out at the uh, grocery store yesterday, okay. and a bunch of high school kids were walking around. All right. And there was a kid wearing a CU hoodie, and it said Prime on the front. Got it. And I, I looked at that kid, and I said, do you play football? He goes, yeah, I play for our football team. I said, okay. I said, would you ever want to play up at Colorado for Deion Sanders? Without skipping a beat, he said, no. And he's wearing a Prime sweatshirt. Okay. Why? I said, why would you want to go play for Deion Sanders? He said, it was a really interesting take coming from a freshman. Okay. He's a freshman. He said to me, because they're all about business and money. They're not about football. Interesting. And this is a freshman. Okay. So I said, okay, huh. fine. Would you rather play for Colorado or Washington State? And I picked Pullman for a reason, not a place you're dying to go. No. So... I said, where would you rather play? He goes, oh, I'd, I'd much rather play at Washington State. Hmm. He goes, they care more about football there. Up at CU, they care more about business and showmanship and show. money. Okay. He goes, I want to play for a team. I don't want to play for a corporation. That's a very He's interesting a remark. That's a very, that's a very mature observation, mm-hmm. and there is truth to it. They are playing football. Think, think about what Dan Lanning said. No, you're right. Dan Lanning said the same thing. Yep. It, it, it's a show up there. Yep. Think about the Montana kid who got base who who left CU, mm-hmm. wound up going to um, uh, what should we call the, the last game? That Arizona. Played. Went to Arizona. You know what he said after the game? That program's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it, and that's going to be that will be the challenge. I think moving forward is the blending of the two because the show 
while it must go on, it's gone on. It's lost a lot of its bite. The show is... Yeah, where's Lil Wayne on the field? Yeah, I mean, the glitz is fine, but you got to have some results somewhere along the line, too. They can regain it, and it'll be interesting as they reload and move into a different conference. But I'm going to say this, and I know that there's a bunch of people at CU, because I talk to them all the time, that are licking their chops about being in the Big 12. And I get it. If you look at the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma departing, it's a different kind of league than it has been. No question about it. But it's a different kind of environment, too. And every single Saturday that you play in that league, you know what you're going to be in? A rock fight. A freaking rock fight. Well said. You are going to be in a, you better have your stuff strapped on because it is going to come hard from the second that you walk in the place to the second you leave. And it's going to come from fans. It's going to come from the team that you're playing. It will be literally a rock fight. I say this jokingly, jokingly. In the Pac-12, you have recruits stealing your stuff in the locker room. You go to Ames, Iowa, you will have fans oh. getting into that locker room to steal your stuff. Well, that's the only show in town. Yeah. Ames, Iowa, only show in town. Manhattan, Kansas, only show in town. Stillwater, Oklahoma, Lubbock, Texas. Right. All of these, Waco, Texas. You are not going to get the opportunity to walk into a stadium in the Big 12 where a section is tarped off because you couldn't no. sell it out. No. It, it, it's a different world. And I'm not saying, look, Colorado was a part of it. And not only was Colorado a part of it back in the day, Colorado had success in it. Yeah. Gary Barnett knows the culture of the Big 12. He coached in it. Right. You know, I mean, those. it can be done. It has been done. But it's a different day. It's a different age. And it's a different kind of challenge. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Colorado evolves. Because at this point, the glitz is all there. I'll tell you this. I have a lot of friends who are CU, uh, CU boosters. Mm-hmm. Alum, but boosters. People who give money. And they're kind of down. They're not down on the program, but they're down on the show. They're tired of the show. The things that Dion says. It was amusing and exciting at first because he brought so much so much enthusiasm. He breathed life into the program. And now that the team isn't winning, they're kind of getting tired of some of his comments like, oh, gee, I don't know. Um, I, I write down who wins fights. It is all about, at some point, for any program, win, win games, yeah. period. Yeah. And we can talk about all the progress that's been made, We can, and, and it's all tangible. But now, as you move forward, after what a season that is more than likely going to finish at four and eight, maybe five and seven, how are you going to move forward, grow the program, and start winning football games? Because ultimately, 
That's what it's all about. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? We'll talk about the news this morning of this NFL starting quarterback being ruled out for the rest of the season. Mm. And changes are underway in Buffalo, starting with Ken Dorsey. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany? She said, I think I remember the film. And as I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And I said, Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, November 28th. Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage doors, inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at TheMckenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, we had some breaking news this morning as Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson suffered a season-ending shoulder injury in the first quarter against the Ravens. He is heading to injured reserve. Uh, it is a displaced fracture in his right glenoid in his shoulder. He's going to have surgery to repair it. Uh, he is expected to make a full recovery. But the Brown- Broncos play the Browns next week. Is this fortunate news for the Broncos here? Yeah, well, I mean, would you rather face Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker? I mean, I guess that's a fairly straightforward answer. Um, this will go down as one of the worst moves in NFL history and quite possibly sports history. Because, A, of all the baggage that Deshaun Watson brought to the Browns, what the Browns decided to overlook in order to get him, and then throw in the money to boot. Yeah, and then the results that haven't come from it. Right. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I I think on the surface it probably helps him. P.J. Walker will have a start under his belt after this week, and he'll have have essentially two weeks of first-team reps. So he'll have a chance, but... I mean, it's him or the kid from the young kid from uh, Oregon UCLA. State or UCLA. Uh, DTR. Yeah, DTR. That's right. Robinson was actually not a bad football player, but probably a little too early. So yeah, probably an advantage for the Broncos. All right, just in case you missed it, the Bills fired their offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey as changes are underway up in Buffalo. Uh, Joe Brady will serve as the interim offensive coordinator. Josh Allen leads the NFL with 11 interceptions. Did you guys see this change coming with Ken Dorsey? Yes. Yeah, I, and, yes. and yeah, probably, and probably a game two or two too late, right? Although I do find the irony of for all the guys, for all the people that were clamoring for VJ to be fired after the seventy-point meltdown in Miami, he ends up getting Ken Dorsey fired 
in Buffalo. The truth is, more people in Buffalo would rather see Sean McDermott fired than Ken Dorsey. I have more than enough connections Hmm. up in Buffalo. I have friends who are Bills fans, and the guy that they complain about is Sean McDermott. Isn't it interesting how that team has gone from Super Bowl favorite, not AFC favorite, to an also ran. So they're off the rails, man. That that is a franchise right now that is still capable, but is off the rails. How is the, how are they five and five with their talent? Well, well, they're really injured on defense. They are. They're very injured on defense. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs is an interesting cat. He cares more about catches than anything else. He's probably not going to want to stick around there. We'll see if he winds up getting traded. Um, Brian Dayball was a good. I was told Brian Dayball got the best out of Sean out of Josh Allen because mm-hmm. he rode him all the time. Mm. Ken Dorsey is not that type. N- not a so guy. Pe- so people mm-hmm. are connecting. You need to ride him harder. Interesting. Yeah. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. If you want to redesign your whole kitchen, they have a staff that can help you there. Need something to fit your budget. Staff that can help you there as well. Don't forget about their Black Friday sale coming up, obviously, the day after Thanksgiving. Coming up after the break, where do you want to go? Because there's so much stuff that we did not get to in the uh, in the opening segment of the show. Is there some place you'd like to go? No, I'm good with whatever. I, I, I do like talking about the Nuggets because we haven't talked any about what they got off their bench last night. And I think that that's still, to me, a focal point. Did they get better off of their bench last night? Well, that's one hell of a tease. That's one hell of a tease. I'll stick around for that.